Welcome to Hockey Prospect Radio, your voice for prospect news and analysis on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Now, here's hosts Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. Welcome to Season 19, Episode 17, powered by Huddle Analysis, offering the largest data and video library of players, teams, and leagues worldwide, and Junior Prospect Hockey League, Western Canada's newest developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level at JuniorProspectHockeyLeague.com. Right off the hop, Brad and I are going to talk about the CHL Top Prospects game that just finished transpiring in Moncton. Uh, I was there last night. And Brad, one of the things when I go into this game, because it's a one-off in, in that respect, the things that I look for is I want to see the adaptive processing of players because in many cases they haven't played with the players they're playing with. Sometimes they get, you know, they've known each other from, you know, U-17s or, uh, you know, other different types of uh, teams like that. So I look for adaptive processing. I look for, do they play to their identity? And, you know, as well, which I think is also important is I want to be able to watch the players skate against each other in that circumstance. And can they play with pace? So just gives me an understanding of how they match up against maybe certain players that they would never play against. If it's a dub player against a Q player. So those are the things I really, I really kind of try to pay attention to uh, from your perspective. What are your takeaways? Well, I'm with you. Uh, you know, we, we talk about it a lot on this show. I think the base of scouting essentially is looking at uh, a kid's adaptive processing ability. I think it's the, you know, you got preset processing, adaptive processing. One is the two steps ahead type of thinking, almost a chess match type of thinking. Yeah. Uh, I always use the basic example of this, Artemi Panarin, when he's coming down a wing and he's looking to slow down the play, he's using his preset process and try to figure out what his trailing options are and then figure out in real time what he needs to do. The real time element is the adaptive processing. Uh, the game of hockey is super chaotic. It can go from structure to total, totally uh, zero structure, you know, flatline structure. When that happens, that's when you need to be able to see both. Uh, I think it's the base for almost any sport, to be honest. I think, I think the pro- basically the ability to process play as a whole is the base. So you're right. I'm totally with you because in this in this um, situation with an all-star game, uh, every kid is going to come into a little nervous because they understand that every scout known to man is going to watch the game. And some of them are not used to playing with each other. So you're not going to base it off of uh, team chemistry or structure as much. So you just want to see how they kind of work and operate through it dynamically. And so uh, I'm with you from that perspective. That said, I uh, always say this, this, this game to me is very much like a Holinka game, meaning from a weighted category as a scout, from a scouting perspective, 100%. I don't wait this, I don't wait this game very heavily whatsoever. Um, Kate, don't get me wrong. Kate, you can still take something from it. But uh, it's it's low on the on the 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 hierarchy of games that really matter to me in, in terms of figuring out uh, performance. Hundred percent, and I was I'm always curious to see which players connect with each other. And I think right off the hop for for Team Red, and let's t- uh, talk about this line. So is the Merrick Vanacker, uh, Raul Bulliard, and Cole Bourdain that line? I thought all three of those players played to their identity. They played. Playoff style, heavy hockey, down low, greasy, uh, controlled and managed the puck really well down low in the offensive zone, drove pucks to the net, threw pucks at the net, forced the defensemen and the forwards defending them to try to grind them 
try to battle them in a grinding way. And I thought they took advantage of almost every line they played against because they just knew if they got it in deep and they could cycle and find each other, that they were going to cause a little bit of chaos. And I thought that line caused chaos. And I took great, I took notes of all three players. I think they just understood what they could get away with. Right. And then once they saw they could do it, they just sort they doubled down and then they tripled down on it. And until someone could counter or have an answer for them. And I don't think anybody had an answer for them all game. Yeah. It's one of those situations where it's, Again, it comes down to team chemistry. They don't know each other that well, so it's one of those situations where it's keep it simple and then play really hard, and good things usually happen. It's very much like a depth line that plays north-south and tries to be chippy yeah, in the NHL, they're in right? Straight, playing in straight lines. Straight lines, yeah. straight lines and, just, and just trying to be as heavy as they can. There's, I mean, there's a reason straight line hockey exists, right, even at the NHL level. It exists a lot. It's because it's very effective when it's done correctly. Pressure is very important, and one of the best ways to generate pressure is, is by operating in straight lines. So um, I thought they were fantastic. Uh, you know, Boylard is a, is a prospect. Uh, Jerome Berube is brought to my attention. He's uh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's great. He's well-rounded. He's one of those players where uh, he's more than the sum of his parts. There's nothing, not one singular trait that's like dynamic in his game or anything. But when you take the whole, he's very effective. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and that's what's going to lead to him getting drafted uh, um, in, in the upcoming 2024 draft for I sure. His work ethic, like work, work ethic and pace and willingness to do things that other guys generally don't like to do is go into corners and retrieve pucks and take hits to make plays and go to the net. Know you're going to get smacked and play in traffic. Like that's a will. Like you, you got to want to do that. And not everybody wants to do that unless there's a prime scoring chance sitting there. And he, and I thought that was the part to me that jumped out to me in his game. Absolutely. He's a competitive player. And you're right. He's very consistent with that aspect of his game. I'd, I'd argue the maybe the least consistent aspect. There certainly wasn't. I mean, he played really well here and he, he, he produced. But it, when it when it comes to looking at his long term projection, he does look more like a depth forward right. at the NHL yep. level just yep. because of not the most consistent when it comes to his puck handling, puck skills. And, and when you like label him, as a, you could label him as a dual threat. But again, nothing that a lo- you would a label line. as elite. Yeah, more of a lower line type. So he played one thing that's interesting about this game is sometimes you see a prospect and, you know, at this stage, we've seen him play. We've seen them all play a lot. So you're expecting them play the same way you've seen them. And then because it's a prospect game, because they have different jerseys on, because they're with different line mates, they can look a little different. That wasn't the case here. Right. He yep. looked very much like he always has. And, and that's kind of have some his game. Cole, Cole Bowden was the same. He'd like what I saw from him in the OHL and Barry was what I saw in this game too, as well. Like what I liked about him is he tried to impose his will upon the game and upon his, upon the opposition. I'm going to impose myself physically and you either have to match it or I'm just going to run you over. And that's what I thought he really tried to do is impose his will. And I always look for players who try to impose their will on the game, particularly in a situation like this. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it's it's one of those situations where y- you want to see how certain players suppress high skill players in yeah. this type of situation, right? Because that's what you're dealing with. Top prospects game, you're dealing with some of the best talent in the draft. So how do they minimize that talent if they were considered more of a depth option? Right. And that's exactly what that line did. They managed to suppress talent by generating pressure. Yeah. And you know, and doing it in a way where it's it's a physical toll against the other team, regardless of what line you're at. So if you're trying to battle against them and the defense, you 
they're going to exact a to- physical toll on you. And do you want to be willing to take that? You know, and that's what I thought was really interesting from that standpoint was, was he willing, were they willing to do that? And I thought for the most part, the opposition really didn't want any part of that line um, for team red as well. Not a shock, uh, but I think it showed everybody what Sam Dickinson really is as a defenseman and what he can do in a lot of different situations. So I thought I saw glimpses of like that potential in this game where you're like, oh, that's right. Like this is who he is as a defenseman. There's a reason why he, you know, he's going to get drafted in the top 10. Well, I mean, he's one of those situations where, you look at the top of the draft, right? Zane Perrick is now getting mentioned in the top 10 a lot, though I'm not, I'm not on board with that just yet, uh, even though he's a, a tremendous talent. Uh, but you look at Artyom Levshinov, you look at Anton Salayev, uh, yeah. even if you look at Yakemchuk, who was in this in this game, yeah. there's a lot of, not flags, but there's, well, some of them have flags depending on on what you're looking for. Zane Perrick certainly has some defensive flags, some energy uh, flags when it comes to ramping up his energy systems and the way he skates he's very upright, which you don't want to see for a defenseman because it takes away some of his stick positioning, which he's going to need because he's not overly physical. Yakemchuk, uh, he can skate over the top of himself and he can have some difficulty with his consistency in terms of using his vision. He'd be over relying on a shot. Anton Salayev, right? Massive defenseman, but he's rushing. And then Leshinov is very polarizing, more so than you see publicly. So when you look at those defensemen and then you look at Dickinson, Dickinson's the one that is just the more the most well-rounded, and you know what you're getting. You're getting a tremendous skater. He's coming out of London Knight system, so you know the development path is there in spades. And he's he's gonna he's almost the guarantee of the bunch. Where there's more well, questions, he's right? The safest, he's the safest bet. Yeah, he's the safest bet, right? Yeah. So the, the the question then, when you're looking at it from a drafting perspective, is okay. What's the upside, right? Is the upside warrant? Uh, top three pick, top five pick, top eight, top ten, top right. That's that's kind of the the way you have to look at it because he certainly looks like at least a top pairing defenseman. You know, he looks at least a number two. The real question is, can he be a number one? And that's really dependent on on how much skill you feel that he has. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the game we just saw him in, I feel like he looked more like the number two. But you know, it depends on the consistency yeah, rate. He looked in other games yeah. like he could be a number one, right? Yeah. So yeah. Th- that's what it comes down to. But he's he's the He's the defenseman out of any defenseman in this class where when that team drafts him, they don't have to have beads of sweat drop down their pillow at night wondering if they made the right choice. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, we're going to both take a quick break on Hockey Prospect Radio. We'll come back. We'll talk about the CHL top prospects right after this. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential. But all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. 
The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. 